Hey, what's good, people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 119. That man is Ben Vaught. The episode starts right now. What's good, Ben? What's going on? I'm good, baby. Hey, uh, for the people listening in, this is episode 119. This is the Option, the Option Podcast. Welcome. I'm Jason DeBiss, and I'm a- along with Ben Vaught, volleyball sensation, uh, volleyball addict, neurological ad- <laughs> neurological addiction, no known cure, um, no vaccine <laughs> for no. what no vaccine for what we got, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Cool. So before we got in the podcast, we were actually talking about. Um, uh, a lot of the Brazilian teams who have already been pretty good, but getting they seem to be getting exponentially better. And um, I want to give you the floor because you were talking about Guta. Like, what are what are some of the things you liked about Guta and his his defensive movement and this and that? Well, I think yeah, I think well, my opinion. And you look at Guta play; he has all the skills. But now he's good footwork. He reads the game really well. He's got a good jump, good arm. And that's something that I think a lot of people kind of undercredit is just um, what footwork to start, be able to get himself in the right position. But also his arm swing is spot on. I mean, he's an undersized defender. So he, you know, got to kind of frying all cylinders. And then I'll tie back into, in my opinion, all the Brazilian defenders, some of the guys that are undersized, they all take their set three, four feet off. And then they have good lengthy approaches, strong arms. And that's how I able, in my opinion, to compete with, you know, he got, Every country has a Phil Dahlhauser now, 6'9 blocker. And I think we could tie that into the American side. I think we're, we're still set a little tight and try to shoot more while the world is getting bigger, more physical. Now you see a lot of the Brazilian defenders, Alvaro. I know my coach at British Men is looking to keep playing, so he might be with Solberg, which I think is – Solberg is one of my favorite blockers, so yeah. that would be a good team. Yeah, and Alvaro is one of the best lefties set, out there too. The net. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what was that? No, I said as far as lefties go, from one lefty to another, we're both lefties, and Alvaro is one of the better lefties out there. Oh, yeah. Lefty pride, man. Yep. <laughs> there's not enough lefties out there, you know? No, nah, no doubt. Yeah. But I, I – um, me, I mentioned before the podcast that, you know, we always get into this thing about me, and I've always been the first one to say the difference between, like, a lot of the American talent and – and the, the international talent, European, but we're talking about Brazil. I've always said that it was more about superior coaching than it was about the athletes, because we have the athletes. We have the training. Oh, we, have, sure. we have the science. Um, you know, Todd was talking about, like, our second-class athletes, like our first-class athletes play basketball and this and that. But I, I think the fact of the matter is, like, the rest of the world does that too, right? Volleyball is not the number one sport in every country in the world, right? Brazil, it's a close number two. You can't I mean football, football or soccer, what, we, what they call it. Yeah, That's so. number one. Um, For sure. Right? I mean, Italy, maybe you got basketball, but I think it's also football. And volleyball is like third. Volleyball might be second in some of these countries. So, yeah. so we're, we're not the only one getting our supposed second-class elite athletes, which I think is still demonstrably false. Um, right? You agree mm-hmm. too, right? It's, no, we're just – No, we're, I, I mean mm-hmm. – Volleyball, like beach, I was talking with the trainer about volleyball is a sport where there's so much athleticism happening that you don't see. Right. It's, does that kind of make sense? Yep. Like you're trying to dig a hard driven ball coming at you 70 plus mm-hmm. to a very specific spot. You're sprinting in sand. Yeah. Which is pretty, which is hard to do in general. You see people jump 30 plus in sand and people like, digging a ball head at them really hard to a specific spot. The other person 
release, like almost like catching a throw in a fast motion. I mean, it's a sport where it's, I think it's underutilized, like undervalued the athleticism that happens because you don't see it that much versus I think basketball, you got a full car, you see big plays happen. Yeah, no, no, totally agree. And for me, I think the way the Brazil Federation like mediates the coaching and and assigns the players, uh, I think sometimes they save some of these personalities from themselves, right? Like, to my, to my knowledge, there's only a handful of people that get to choose who they get to play with, right? They're, they're kind of like assigned partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone correct me and chime in at any, at any point on that. But um, I think it's a joke. Like one of my friends was like, oh, you know, it's too bad we can't get like three American teams in the Olympics. Oh, it sucks. They only allow two teams. And I, and I told him, I said, you know, tell that to Brazil. <laughs> what are you going to say? No, you're not wrong. I mean, if, if there was no Capital Olympics, we'd have five Brazilian teams. Yeah, maybe even six. Honestly. Yeah, and we not and and you could pick the sex. Like anyone listening to this podcast, they're like, "Who are you talking about? The women or the men? The women? There's like four really good teams. There were two teams yeah. that were in the Olympics that were really that were just really good. Yeah, no, it sure. was Aduda and Agatha and Rebecca and uh, Barbara. Those are the girls that were mm-hmm. in, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many of them. There's so many good yeah. players. And I'm part of a group site now that every time they have a live stream, like in their, their professional league in Brazil, mm-hmm. I'm watching them. These, these people oh, are yeah, out there. Oh, yeah, I love watching it. You too? Oh, oh my yeah. God. They're savages, dude. They're out there just tra- uh, uh, beating, beating the living hell out of each other. They are savages. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But, um, yeah, so I always say good coaching and just um, being, being open to new ideas. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean – Having a traditional uh, um, way to teach somebody is one thing, and 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 those things are time tested, right? And that works. But um, you, yeah, I will. That. I will add two things to that. The Brazilian, they they don't stop training at all. No, they go from the international tour right to their domestic tour, and those guys and girls, they are hungry. Mm-hmm. Now, Dan, who's my coach from Brazil, he talked. He knows all of it. He says some of these players are are so poor, and they will do anything to get to the top and though they are hungry yeah not just figuratively right yeah (laughs) they are fighters yeah but not just figuratively hungry they're literally hungry like you said they don't have a lot of money and this no it's not like he said like bruno schmidt like he's at the top i think he said his family's pretty well known in brazil yeah and he has a really good sponsor aside from red bull i think it's like the bank of america in brazil he said Mm -hmm. that pays him really well so it's like you have that guy and then everyone else is just groveling to get to that position yeah and they fight and then the second thing is you know my boss chris dorn i know chris said at americans we train so we we learn volleyball or any sport by playing it yeah you never get better at something without doing it (laughs) they learn the sport by training in the sport and none of them have even dan said when by the time they're like 14 15 they don't have position they play all the way around Yep. You go from outside and you start playing middle, you play center, they learn every position. Yeah, there's a huge argument to be had about what's uh, supposedly better, like game-based drills versus drill-based drills and this and that. Mm -hmm. And I think I speak for both of us that I don't think either one of them exists on their own. They don't. They don't. it's like socialism and capitalism, right? There's no, no, they don't, they don't, they don't have this heightened level of longevity and sustained success uh, on its own, or it'll just fall on its face. You know, no, there's, sure. there's levels, no, right? There's levels. Yeah, talk about the, the best economies have both. Yeah, 
Yeah, great, great Britain's been ruling forever. <laughs> right. well, see, I think, well, it's funny fact. I think the fire, the U.S. Fire Department was used to be private, and yeah. you had to pay for private private fire insurance. Mm-hmm. And you know how real is that? About two buildings are burning. Well, that one doesn't have insurance. Well, we can't. We got that one's got to go. Well, yeah. well, this one does. Yep. And it's like that. That doesn't work. It's like fire. Fires happen all the time. That's what insurance yeah. is for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, That's what this guy imitating Bill, Bill Belichick. They said, we, uh, there are reports that your house is on fire. And Bill Belichick goes, fires happen all the time. That's what insurance is for. Next question. <laughs> you know, it's just like, <laughs> we're on the Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so... That's what we're doing in my juniors group. I'm the um, mm-hmm. I'm with um, LA LA Volleyball Club, cool. and, and uh, Jo Jason Olive is doing um, LA Volleyball Club, and, J- and Dane Blanton is going to do LA Beach. I think he's I think he's going to take over for Stein, but I'm, nice. I I signed on to do both to to coach okay. both. And before I sit here and make it about me, I was getting somewhere with that, and that was that was the element of coaching. Um, you are the assistant. You're Dorn's assistant at Vanguard still. Yes. Yeah. For how many five years? Five now. years. Wait. Since I moved oh here, dude, dude. Since old, I moved man. here, yeah, and we were rivals for a while, right? I was with John Mayer and and <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, LMU. Yeah. LMU played Vanguard like two or three times a year. Um, um, he's a good coach. He's a he's one of the best coaches. No one talks about. I agree. There's yeah. Jeff Alzina, who doesn't people don't talk about enough. That dude is a. I mean, I, I'm a, you're in the head of a genius, uh, um, and and Coach Doran, man, I, I, and a good person, good human yeah. being. So my question to you, for uh, because I got a volleyball player on my podcast instead of an infectious disease specialist, I gotta ask, yeah. we gotta talk volleyball. How much, as a player, do you learn from coaching? Uh, um, uh, phrasing the question in its com- in its completion, I always feel that. Players learn more from coaching than coaches learn more from playing. Okay. You, you know, because there are people who never play volleyball in their life. They're exceptionally good coaches. Charlie Sullivan, yeah. indoor, you know, lacrosse player and coached the indoor mm-hmm. national team. Chuck Daly, De- Detroit Pistons, never even dribbled a basketball. But p- active players who are coaches who return back to their active mm-hmm. volleyball scene – what kind of uh, do you do you get discoveries by showing some of your kids? That's kind of like this instinctive instillment of reminder of fundamentals that help you as a player. Oh yeah, all, all, all the time. Okay. So well, it's all the time, and then even talking about that, something that I've kind of struggled with is how to communicate with my partners. Even talk to my past partners. I've I hopefully gotten better. I used to be a little feisty mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think I think you're quiet as hell when you're upset. <laughs> and they're like, he yeah, better start. He better start but, talking. Go ahead. Sorry. I get I get a little aggressive, and then just with Chris, seeing how when he gets irritated with someone's eye, how he communicates, how he elaborates, and how to get the best out of his players, out of our players, something I was like, oh, that could be you know taken to a volleyball match where if my partner is say not signed up very well because he's hitting the same ball. How can I elaborate that where I can keep him positive or? and get them on track to find a way to score. And that's something that I think I've hopefully gotten better at because that was something that I was not very good at. I had two partners tell me that I was not good at that at all. Is so that, is that, that, is that's that, probably the biggest thing from coaching, in my opinion. Yeah. I, well, the girls love you. I mean, there's nothing There's yeah. nothing cooler to a college volleyball player in the world than having an assistant coach who's an active player, who's actually approachable, who's friendly, who's knowledgeable, who you know who. And... um. 
like they pay you to coach, but they don't pay you to care. <laughs> you know, care, exactly. caring is free of charge. You, you, yeah, you know? exactly. And then, and of course, there are levels of caring too, right? Like, mm-hmm. like me, I got a four-year-old, so I care, but not that. Maybe I mean, these days, yeah. maybe you know, maybe I want to play super dad for a little bit and then come back at this from a different mm-hmm. angle. You know, which is what I've been up to lately. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty pretty cool. And and five years, five years, Vanguard. Yes. Uh, pretty good program. They've always had a good pair of one. Um, like yeah. when I was at LMU, they, we played them three times and we lost all three all three times to their pair of one. We won four one, and mm-hmm. I, I think your ones your ones beat us um, pretty much every time. So yeah, especially yeah. this year we were we were an NIA program, so the fact we're able to just compete with LMU speaks a lot for our players. Mm-hmm. But we have a really deep bench this year. This is the first year where we're thinking. We could put eight players out the ones, and it'd be equally as good. Yep. So I am yeah. beyond excited for this season coming. All right, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and some of them are going to be tough questions, but I think yeah. um, for all intents and purposes, this conversation is going to inspire a lot of people who are um, bringing up the rear behind you, you know, guys like Brewster and mm-hmm. this and that, guys who are trailing you. Um, for the people listening to the podcast, Ben Vaught, Huntington High School, right? Three-time mm-hmm. CIF champ. Uh, you mm-hmm. spent a little time at Hawaii as an oppo? Yeah, yeah. Well, time, that's a, like a, that's a, like long, a cup that's of a coffee. Whole hour story. That's a whole hour <laughs> was that, story. But was it, it was like for a cup of coffee? You were there for a cup of coffee? Yeah, for, or for a cup of coffee. <laughs> Listen, people that want to play pro only play college for a cup of coffee. All right. I was at, <laughs> dude, I was at Hunter for a cup of coffee. You know, undersized mm-hmm. team, D3 team with a D1 schedule. It was ridiculous. And then you were at, you finished with Cal Baptist. Um, one of my favorite schools, actually, yeah, uh, education-wise, yeah. Uh, some yeah, of my best school. friends went there. Seydou Ajinako, who who was like, he held he held a lot of the records as an outside hitter. He's from Ghana, West Africa. Uh, oh, Sh- yeah. Shamzu, who was the opposite. They, you know, um, just a great all-around NAIA program to NCAA, and now they're what? Mm-hmm. They they don't have a program anymore, right? Yeah, the other program got disbanded. Doesn't that piss yeah. you off? Sad. Doesn't that piss you off? No, it does. It does. Well, it's like they got um. No, I know Chris Coach Cowley. He kind of gave the rundown with their admin work, and they are very strict with wins or losses. Me, they don't give a lot of flexibility. Uh-huh. And that he had a new coach. He didn't have. He didn't recruit. I don't think he recruited any of his players. And then they had one. They had two bad seasons. Then they just cut the program altogether. Yeah, and they were better. I mean, if they were better off just staying NAIA, if they're going to freaking do that. Yeah, I know. It's like you, like you didn't even give him a chance. No. Like, at least give him a few years to bring his own players in. Like, you're still dealing with the players that were recruited by the other coach, mm-hmm. which neither is good or bad. Maybe they don't buy into your new system or anything like that, but at least give him a few years to get a full new class in, then to reevaluate his standing. But instead, they just cut the program. And it's like, that makes It's like what happened. I don't know. I'm going to bring up what happened with the Furbringers at Long Beach. Yeah, that we guy, could talk. I talked guy. about that the last two episodes. Um, look, I had to carry a, a lot of water for people because you know me. I don't care what people yeah. think. But sorry, go ahead. No, for sure. The first, like, yeah. dude, like I was reading about that online. I was like, you, you fired, like you fired the midseason. Like they registered their most athletic player because they thought they could have her because they knew young team may not be super successful. Mm-hmm. But you didn't let them finish their season. Like, I mean, according to what I saw online, I mean, I, I don't know no. much about so. Well. It was according to Dave McKenzie, right? He was the first yeah, one to come out with yeah. it, and then Furbringer um, pretty much echoed uh, McKenzie's sentiment. 
you know, mm-hmm. and this and that. And, you know, he's he, 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 of course, says it with a little bit more class. Dave McKenzie wasn't classless, but he, he the, his post was kind of like what gives, like what, what, yeah, what, the, what, the, what the freak, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, and I'd like, I'll give the floor back to you. I'm going to punt it back to you. For me, I don't have a problem with them losing their job. Uh, um, mm-hmm. If you have three losing seasons, three, three losing records in four seasons, you, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I don't. I don't think anyone's pedigree or their name should entitle them to keep a job if they're not if they're not performing specifically at a school as as, as competitive as Long Beach State, right? Why why some schools keep some people around Columbia University of New York they keep that guy around forever Nygaard, right? Freaking uh, yeah. two winning seasons in 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 six years uh, and, he, and and a Bruin no less, right? So yeah. so for anyone that has something to say about me that I'm gonna just say that now come see me because I'm attacking a volleyball player with volleyball, all right? If I yeah. said something about your mother, that'd be something different. If I say you should you should die and go live in a log cabin, that's a different argument. With that mm-hmm. being said, the way he was unceremoniously removed was absolutely classless. Classless. No, I, I, I agree. We don't. I had Greg Faulkner on a podcast, and Greg was like, "Something had to happen behind the scene. Like, <laughs> like maybe they lost to Bakersfield in three, and there was yeah. like a, and the girls had like a locker room brawl, and the AD yeah. and the AD had to get like this, the you know, the broom, squeegee, mop, and just clean house. You know, yeah. so, um, floor is yours. No, I agree. I mean, it's like with any job, you don't do your job properly. You're not going to be. You're not going to have your job long term, obviously. Right. But I, I'm telling you, with you on that, they had, they had not. They, were, they weren't performing. Right. And then therefore, I mean, you got to get someone in there who can do that job properly. Yeah. But just to be let go mid season. I talked. I talked to Chris about that. Mm-hmm. He was like that. You would have right, like you said, there has to be something mm-hmm. that we don't know about. Because I mean, that makes no yeah. sense. Well, not, I, no, no for me anything. personally I mean, and professionally, if I'm the AD. I mean, there was a pandemic to consider and losing players and how you're going to oh, juggle, yeah. that, juggle that stuff too. I wouldn't have, I would have had a conversation like, we're not, I'm not prepared to talk about your job this season, but we need to win. And, and, and then, you know, next season, what would happen? We would happen. So if I, if I'm an AD and I know I sound like a Monday, 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 Monday morning quarterback, I probably wouldn't have let them go this season. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I think the NAD has every right to if you have three losing records in four seasons. No, so, sure. so he he decided to go another route. It was just the how. It was yeah, just the how. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. On yeah, that. and your and our first take was, "What are you a fucking? A- are you an asshole?" Yeah. <laughs> that was our first take, right? It's it's a human, a very human take. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and it's so weird because that wasn't the direction we were going, but that was. As pe- yeah. as people who are part of the volleyball community, as as much as Furbringer, uh, and what yeah. he's contributed to um, as a person, and yeah. and uh, what he does for kids, you know, his daughter's a, as a killer player. I met her when she was eleven, you know, playing mm-hmm. like uh, playing like under thirteens and fourteen. She was good, but wow. but um, you know, he's got a pretty good juniors program. I think Rockstar, or whatever. I think he's doing really good things there. And, I mean, okay. not not great things, but good things. Like I don't, yeah. I say the word great, Ben. That's yeah. reserved for people, so it doesn't it doesn't dilute it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it doesn't cheapen it. So um, my question to you: You've had a lot of partners the last couple of years. I, I had the pleasure of watching you play with um, in in New Orleans in Coconut Beach with Bruno Bruno Amarin. Mm-hmm. I, I like that team, by the way. I just thought, as far as like a fan, a, a, a team where fans will be like, I'll freaking follow them anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like if they're the AVP and they find that you're playing, they're running to your court. So as far as like moving the volleyball needle, right? Mm-hmm. That was a good team. 
and it was and and I had the pleasure of calling one of those matches. So you've played with uh, Brandon Clemens, you've played with yeah. uh, Bruno, you've um, who else? I would say like my three. I would say Bruno was kind of a it was a one off like a last minute. So I was training with another guy yeah. and for about a year, and mm. unfortunately it didn't work out how we all wanted it to. Right. But my three big partners I would say was uh, Brandon Clemens, obviously my. Your brother. My go-to. Your brother from another mother. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Spencer Sauter. I like him. We, we, we had a good North Seca tournament. We finished, I think, we finished third or fourth. I don't remember. And then we had a good Huntington tournament where we made a Saturday loss to uh, Zahn and Dross. And again, that we probably should have won, but... Was that Huntington? Yeah, Huntington, yeah. Right. And then then we kind of we kind of went downhill there. And then Logan Weber, him and I played. We played three events together. made two out of three main draws. Won a couple matches. Yeah, and Hermosa Beach, and I think. It was uh, Manhattan, Chicago, and Hawaii. Right. Did those you... were kind of my then, and I played with Jeff Samuels for a couple tournaments. He's always Bruno great. for one. And those are kind of like, and uh, that's kind of pretty much like the big partners I've had. But those three, Brandon, Spencer, and, and Logan, are kind of like my three. I would say big partners where I, we built and trained together. Bruno and I was just kind of a yeah. let's just show up at the tournament. Yeah. Like the day before, try to figure out, hey, where do you like your set? Where do you pass? Where do you? It's infectious, like too. Like, everyone that plays with Bruno starts to hit hard like him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he, like he'll play he, with he, Angel. All of a sudden, Angel's, like, got a little bit more – he got a little bit more sauce, you know? Um, Jeff Samuels. Mm-hmm. Talk about Angel. That guy is a freaking player. Oh, man, that guy. guy. That guy can absolutely play. Such a good guy. I forgot what college he played for, but he was in the Carolinas Conference. But mm-hmm. I would say he's a guy, if you don't know who he is, you should – Pay attention to his name because you're going to see his name a lot. Yeah, Come well, on, in my opinion, that guy, that guy can do everything. Or just plug in the Option Podcast. I think he was he was that, 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 he, that's, he that's was on episode 81 or something like that. Yeah, and he did the he did the entire podcast from his porch. He was just chilling nice, in the nice. back, looking like a looking like a Cuban looking like a Cuban G, you know. Yeah, he just and Jeff chilling. Samuels played a lot together this year, on and off. Uh, particularly yep. Myrtle Beach. You'll see them play together in Florida, and. Mm-hmm. If you see a tournament, it's always him and someone else in the end winning or losing. Mm-hmm. That's a win. That's a win. Yeah. You're, you're you're in the finals every time in, in situations where you where you win the whole thing or you don't. You you yeah. you, you crack the code. You figured out something. Who are you playing with now? Who who's um who are you training with now? Uh, right now it's just it's just me and my coach right now. Okay. So I, I'm not gonna. I, a few guys reached out, but um, right now it's just dependent Brandon's healthy or not. Right. His back is. I mean, it, it's pretty bad. I'm sorry to hear but that. He, no, it, it, it's a bummer. But he's like I told him, he, if you're gonna fight for your back, I'll fight with you. Because mm-hmm. he's a guy that I, in my opinion, one, he's easy to travel. He's one of my best friends. Yeah. And I think we play really good together too. We have. I think I'm a. Good. I think I'm a little gay for Brandon. Uh, he's, yeah, I think, he's, I think, he's I think handsome as fuck, dude. <laughs> right? Like you're the one that's got the chiseled chin, the symmetric features, but when it comes to a hunk, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I give you Brandon Clemens. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm, I'm hoping he's healthy. Yeah. And then if he's healthy, like we're, like I've always wanted to do like with the this, with some of the guy, other players like Nick Lyon Lubo had twelve. It's like so many seasons together and did phenomenal. That's always been kind of a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. That's something I would like to do with him because I think that'd be so cool. Because you know, we always say we always just switch partners every season, every season. Yeah. But the best two player teams we've had has been Phil and Phil and Jake as blockers. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they 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 take the long term. You got to learn how to ride your team with the highs, the lows. 
learn why you're losing yep. and how do we beat the, how do we come back from that? Because in the U.S. is always, well, I'm playing with Jason. He doesn't pass. He doesn't set me super well. So I'm going to go play with Mike. Right. Then I play with Mike. Well, Mike, yeah, he doesn't. He's just not a good attacker. Yeah, he gets served every ball. I'm not. So I'm going to go play with Brandon. And then, then it's like, well, you're still losing. You got to figure out maybe, maybe that's not why you're losing. You need to figure out why exactly your team is not winning. Right. Yeah. So that's what I that's what I like to do. If Brandon's healthy, if he's not healthy, mm-hmm. there are a few a few guys reached out that I would love to play with, but I'm, for the sake of the podcast for myself, I I usually don't talk about partner stuff. Okay. Out loud to people, I keep it private. No, I mean you you don't you don't want to pick someone because in this. I mean, second to NBA players, volleyball players are the most sensitive cats I ever met in my life. So it's so saying positive things about one person, like a partner you pick, to some people is is the same thing as casting aspersions on who you did not, and that's just and it's bullshit. But I understand we ain't we ain't messing with Brent Ben Vaught in that regard today. Okay, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not messing with Ben Ben Vaught today on that one. Okay, people. So um, I actually did a little Facebook Live clip. That's why I was a hook. So, so people uh, are watching. Okay. That's that's why I was doing that because there were people who were. Um, um, I use it as like a little two minute hook, uh, just mm-hmm. to be like, if you want the complete episode. <laughs> yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, for people watching and people listening, Ben Vaught and Brandon Clemens in 2017, uh, mm-hmm. you hit your first main draw in Huntington Beach, your hometown, yep. right? Yeah, your your hometown. So mm-hmm. there was something really, really sweet about doing it in your backyard where you train, where you have uh, uh, maybe stars in your eyes of someday making the draw and someday just winning, winning the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I was very, very impressed that you guys made the draw because you know the qualifier, which we affectionately refer to as the the gladiator pits. Um, uh, yeah. Some brackets are beer brackets where you're like, I think I only got one good team to beat and I'm in because you you, mm-hmm. you, don't, you you look ahead sometimes because you can't help it. Yeah. And then there's some brackets you're like, well, damn, <laughs> even if I get by this team, <laughs> you had a bracket that had Rafa Rodriguez and Kevin McCulloch mm-hmm. playing came shulk and um, read pretty the first, the, 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 well, Rafu's first round. It was their second yeah. round. That is a main draw semifinals worthy match. Uh, oh, for uh, sure. Consisting yeah. three of those four guys have an AVP chip. Rafu won in mm-hmm. San Francisco, came shock yeah. and um, at Seattle and Seattle twenty eighteen and, um, and then Reed, Reed in twenty nineteen with yeah. Manhattan. Yeah, got his name on the on the on the pier with Trevor Crab. Mm-hmm. You ended up beating that team to get in. Yeah. Or was that the was that the last round game, or was there one that after was, that? Yeah, that was the last round. And then on top of that, they also had to be Paul Ariza and Matt Motter. <laughs> Matt Motter, <laughs> dude, Matt Motter can can fuck up your day. He can mess, he can ruin your day if he's in the mood to hit, dude. Oh, dude, that guy's got the, <laughs> he's got, he's got the livest arm, and him and Ariza, when he's in when he's grooving, mm-hmm. he's gnarly, super yeah. gnarly. Yeah, he is. So. Yeah. So you and Brendan go back that far. That's 2017. Your first main draw. It was with him. It was center court. I believe it was Jake and Taylor, right? That was your first match. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, talk to me. Let's turn back the clock. And we did this on a previous show because I had pre, uh, before the podcast, you and I talked a lot on, on, your, on air. Talk mm-hmm. to me about the end of the qualifier like your thoughts and sentiments that same day and then talk to me about the mental preparation going into your first game of the main draw let's start with you just won 
the qualifier. And I mean, Jeff Samuels, yeah. Jeff Samuels and Derek Olsen were in that pool too. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. they lost in the round again to uh, the McKibbins. <sighs> Someone's not, someone ain't going to be happy at Huntington in 2017. So talk to me about um, your state of mind or your, your reaction uh, uh, of maybe just all of it setting in. This is, this is not the day, the next day. This is that Friday. Yeah. Oh, so th sorry, that Thursday. Thursday. You just won, and and now it's set in. We're in the draw. Go. Yeah, so so I'm going to back. So I'm going to backtrack to it a little bit. It was 13 all. They served Brandon. I'm terrified of handset. So I bump set this ball and absolutely spray it past the antenna. Brandon just takes it left and it barely gets it over that cut shot. Somehow it scores, and then we didn't know what to do. We're like, let's just run a four. And just do what happened. We just figured out what it for. Brandon's going back there going, okay, Brandon, you got this, Brandon. <laughs> like, you can hear him, like, taking deep breaths. Barely, he served his ball right on Reed, Reed's ball in the net, then I start crying. So I was like, um, so when I was younger, I was, you know, Jake and, when Jake and uh, Casey played together, they practiced at the Huntington Pier. Casey would text me on Facebook to save a court for him, and I would be their ball shagger, you know, handballs to Brand was coaching them. I'd, you know, watch, I'd bring my chair out, watch that AP watch all day. And I started crying. I was like, this has been my dream since I was like 12 years old. It's like to play an AVP. And like, oh my gosh, I get to do it. So it was full tears. I know Brandon was, I think Brandon, Brandon was in full tears too. But uh, yeah, that, that was kind of the, uh, like a dream come true moment. And I was like, this is actually, I actually get to do something that I dreamed about since I was a kid. Okay. So now it's settled mm -hmm. in the dust settle. This is not a dream. This is mm -hmm. reality. This is actually happening. Um, exit Thursday, qualifier, mm -hmm. enter Friday, the main draw. Your thoughts, mental preparation. Few, you got a few minutes before Jake and Taylor. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to play Jake and Taylor. Talk to me about your, your mindset. Were you just in a good place? You weren't thinking at all? Uh, was, you just, I, was just, I was just, it was the mindset of, I am just so happy to be here. I you know, that yeah, that's, that's a mindset. dangerous dude, man. Oh yeah, I was like, I, was like, I would. Sh I used to. Sh I literally a year ago at this time, actually even less than a year ago, I was shagging for him. He served, mm -hmm. and now I get to hit against him in a real game. Nice. And, and I was just like, this is so cool. This is Jake fucking Gibb. I get to hit against Jake Gibb. He gets to like stare me down through the net, like he always does. To everyone. Mm -hmm. That's that's awesome. And I, and I was just like, this is like this the coolest thing ever because I never when we were warming up, Jake. You know, Jake never talks to anyone, but he actually came up to us and said, hey, congrats for making it in before we played. Right. And you know, Jake, if you know Jake, he will not talk to a soul I before know. he plays. Yeah. But when then it's over, right he's up. so classy, dude. Yeah. But when a game's over, he shakes your hand, says good game, mm -hmm. and then we're friends. But before that, no, it's it's, it's war. Nice. No, and that's why, I mean, for the career he had, I mean, Phenomi, probably, what, top seven blocker of all time? I think so. I uh, Certainly on the American scene. Yeah. Oh, Americans, I mean, yeah. So... Yeah. He came, he was rising warm. He said, Hey, congrats for making it in. Then Brandon, or Brandon looks and goes, Just let you know, it's such an honor to play you. <laughs> then Jake just looks at him and was like, uh, Get the fuck thanks. out of here. <laughs> thanks, buddy. And like, he just started to play. Was like, I was like, Oh, that was kind of awkward, but okay. <laughs> I was like, This is kind of weird, but all right, we're in it. Yeah. I, I will say this, uh, Ben. They say that. People who are just happy to be there are the easiest team to beat, but I think mm -hmm. that is ridiculous. There is nothing more dangerous 
in the world than someone who's playing with house money. Yeah. Someone that's, that's going to go in and be like, look at his partner, like, you know what? People don't think we're going to win this anyway. So let's just let's just try some stuff. My yeah. jumps, my wrist away. Bam. July mm-hmm. jumps. That's in. <laughs> Bam. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Get a touch block. It's supposed to go out. No, it's in. So mm-hmm. one of those games was decided by two, right? One of them was one of them was yeah, uh, we lost, 19. Uh, 16, well, 16, 19. 16 and 19. Okay. Pretty yeah. cool. So it was a good game. I mean, I, I I go back and I watch, and I'm watching again. Like, Taylor's not really even trying that hard. He's like standing chest up in the middle of the court. Mm-hmm. But I didn't care about that part. The part you got to play though, when I was 20, mm-hmm. and Brandon was like 23. Yep. Just it was just it was just such a cool thing. Then mm-hmm. I got to talk about the second match we played Loomis and Trambley, and Ty Trambley was almost like a father figure to me growing up. Yeah. Because. He was coached by. I and don't he was a couple of years started. removed from winning Chicago, uh, uh, I believe. But go ahead, like 2015. Yeah, yeah 15 with uh, who did he win with those? Brad Stafford. Rob Brad Keenan, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so he was like, I would he would practice with Gary Schreiber when I was 14. I would ask him like, Hey, can I help out? So I get to set tie. We go get food and we get to play with them. And he was such a nice guy. He was like a father figure. So I got to play him next. And I was like, This is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> And, like, told, and he totally kicked our ass. You got smashed by him and mm-hmm. Loomis. But it was just like, well, this guy used to be like, I used to go get food and just ask him about, wait, well, how do you do this? What's your mindset? What's your mindset? Mm-hmm. Or I get to set him or I get to, you know, hit live balls at him with him play defense. Yeah. The so single that, most, that kind of like, the single most approachable human being you'll ever meet in beach volleyball. Oh, yeah. right? He's friendly to everyone. I met him at SOB. I met him in Mexico oh, um, nice. when I was, I was exhibitioning against John Mayer and Karen's. Um, okay. Ty was my partner. I'd shank a ball backwards. He'd run all the way back there, take off on one leg. Both just whoosh, clean set. Just like nectar from like the... 30 feet where I, where I, I J hooked it, you know, behind me. So no, but, uh, Brandon, I wanted to finish with one thing. I wanted to say about Brandon before we moved on to the next thing, but Brandon, I think I like about Brandon is there's so many ways to hit cross court. This man demonstrates to you, to you that there are so many ways to hit cross court. Mm -hmm. You, you can, we played, I was coaching Dave Palm and Jeff Samuels at Huntington. This is 2019. Oh, the, the 19 qualifier. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah. and for me, I just got to make sure I'm just going to show up and make sure these guys don't beat themselves. Uh, but then we run into Brandon Clemens and Dylan Merrick and okay. Merrick was on that day. So we, we, we had a decision to make. We just served Brandon's left shoulder ice ISO play because mm-hmm. Brandon likes to recreate his string to the pin. If you serve his left shoulder, he's not going to mm-hmm. run a back set. He's not going to he's not going to string with you. So, but the problem is Palm was just adamant about only blocking line. With yeah. Jeff, Jeff Samuels, who still wasn't really fully acclimated to being a full-time defender, and we got mm-hmm. we got murdered. One of the games was by two, but honestly, uh, even if we won that second set, it felt like a loss. We just, you know, yes. and, and then they got that they got into the draw, and I think Brendan mm-hmm. got hurt against the McKibbins. Yeah, he on match tore his meniscus. Yeah. the first match against McKibbins. Going for a ball that no one had any business getting and no one was going to get that ball brandon was just doing yeah. the, the volleyball thing the right thing so yeah. yeah yeah but i said a joke to evan Corey about brandon um because we were talking about politics and i told um evan Corey, i said i like my guns and my gay people right so uh-huh. i said i said in fact we should arm gay people everywhere everywhere we go we should arm gays right and i said picture this 
a big billboard, Brandon Clemens, holding an AR-15 with a big old hairy chest and six pack. And and the caption yeah. and the caption is only you can prevent a hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta put the American flag behind him. Like yes. I think everyone's on board, bro. Yes, for America. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into some uh, difficult questions because I'm not even sure I know how to ask them. And, and unlike some people, I just go on the fly. This I thought about last night and I still don't know how to ask them, so I'm just going to ask. Um, what the, the question is twofold. And shit, I wrote it down. <laughs> Where do you want to go from this year? I mean, from next year to the end, it's November now. So from next year yeah. till December, where do you want to go? And the second question is what's in, what, what's in your way? And, and, and it's, uh, it's such a loaded okay. question because it can mean a whole, a whole lot of things, but I think you get it. No, I know, I know what you mean. So I'll, I'll, I'll I'm going to go on a round. I'm going to, I might talk a lot here. So bear with me. So, you know, I had two seasons where, you know, we got hit with COVID. Yep. So unfortunate. And then the next season, you know, it was just plagued with, I didn't play, I didn't play a single tournament with a partner that I was planning on playing with injuries. You know, we got, I got hit with COVID throughout the season. So I really had, I had two seasons kind of taken away from me, which hurt. Cause I think I, well, I'm going to backtrack more. I had three seasons where I finished the same was not improving result wise. I had to ask the nurse, ask my honest question, is this who I am as a player? Cause my goal and my end goal is always to play world tour. I want to be the best player I can be. I want to do what be in Brazil right now playing. That's, that's the dream. And then I had to ask honest questions. Like, is this who I am as a player? And am I, am I okay with that? Then after that, I was like, you know, I'm, I see the world tour training guys training a lot harder than we are that I am. I say I'm doing, I'm going to practice playing with, Case bear and shock, whatever. I was like, these guys are actually training. So then I got a coach, started training hard. And then I think my game, I feel like I'm biased. Obviously, it has progressed a lot since then. So to talk back to my goal by end of December is I want to be, I want to be playing on the world tour. I want to get, I want to get in there. I want to push myself and prove my, prove to myself that I can do it. And then on top of that, also comes that you got to be doing well in the AVP as well. Like I would like to be competitive on both on both tours if that makes sense yeah by next semester december yep and then to the next question what's standing in my way is well first of all i need a, i need a partner if brandon's healthy i know brandon i've talked about it a lot he, he's open to it he wants to do it which would be awesome because i'm i'm biased so i think brandon's really good yeah. when healthy when healthy that's the those are the operative words mm -hmm. and then it's also like i don't i look at past years my defense how i was reading the game how my how i was moving in the sand and I always told him, well, I'm a big defender. I can just side out. Then the game is now, it's, that's not the case. you got big defenders that are digging eight, ten balls a set. Then we had to break that down with my coach. We break that down. It was I had very stiff hips, bad crossover step, did not read the game at a strategical level where it needed to be because the idea of just, let's just block one, sit angle, like, like Brandon playing Jeff and Dave, like, let's just block one, sit angle, and dig his angle. Well, that guy's just gonna, good, luck that guy's with, just gonna good luck with that yeah you know, it's like well that's like that's every high level team now it's just everyone's just gonna tee off like oh i know you're in the line you're sitting across okay i can hit five spots on the court and score yeah like defense now is just you gotta you gotta take what they're hitting and give what they're not and that could change throughout the game and that's something that i hopefully i think i've gotten better but i still i think i do a better job of that still 
So that's on a technical side, that's probably my biggest thing. Also, I think I could be a better server since serving is your first chance. It's your first chance on defense. And if you're serving, if you're serving lollipops, like you say, in your, when I watch your live streams, you serve lollipops, you get, you get smashed. You get licked. <laughs> you get licked. That's, the bottom, that's just the bottom line. So yeah. does, does that kind of answer, answer your question? Um, yes, that answers both questions actually. And, um, there's, well, let's go back to the serve. Serve divides the higher level open players from the middle level open players. All right. Um, and basically really open from double A and triple A. It's a serve because, because at at certain levels, you're going to find guys who can hit, you're going to find, everyone's going to have nectar hands, right? Everyone's going to be able to run plays. You're going to get to know each other. But at the end of the day, the more you can, you can disrupt someone and take away someone's court vision where their, their offense remains more contingent on the call as opposed to just, you know, first hit, seeing the court, and then peripherally just locking in, which I think you do really well. That's why I brought it up. There's something to be said about about just that serve. Um, Yeah, my second point is sometimes there are so many people who want you to do well that have so many ideas, and they're just too many there's just one person with too many ideas or too many people at the same time with different ideas um i can give you an example and and or july yeah and or july you takes a lot of discipline to take in all of that information it's almost a fucking homework assignment for christ's sakes all right which is which is not a bad thing but sometimes it's an overload right sometimes that can cause with respect to Andor, that can cause paralysis through analysis where yeah. you're, you're taking in too much and then you get in the court, you can't do shit. Um, mm-hmm. And then there are players like you who are coming up where there's a whole bunch of coaches that say you should do it this way, say so you do it that way and this way and that way. And for me, who's been coaching a long time, you know, 20 years, 10 years, commentator, 30 years, an mm-hmm. indoor player, you, you pick two coaches, just pick two guys. Yeah. That's it. It's just enough information. Well, mm-hmm. Andor is equivalent to two. So, um, but um, and Brandon does his accent. <laughs> nobody does. Nobody oh. does Andor's accent. <laughs> nobody does Andor's accent better than Dude. better than Brandon Clemens. <laughs> Here yeah. we are talking oh, about right. him again. But, but um, Evan Corey at Talk to Me about mo- shitty move to California. You know what I told him? Bridget no, no. <laughs> no. There's just too mm-hmm. many people. You can get. He can yeah. get lost. And this storm of good young players like him. I say yeah. uh, from work, if you have four weeks vacation, you don't, if you choose to be a professional volleyball player, that's your vacation. Take three weeks, yeah. go to Hermosa Beach or go to Huntington, uh, schedule, you know, appointments, train with different groups and get yeah. your group training in now. But, but me as a coach, and there are so many players I can name that can correlate my, my theory. There's so much you get just from acute, you and your partner, Maybe have maybe have a jump in player or whatever. Maybe maybe have the guys from out of system, you know, and mm-hmm. and tandem just just hitting you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Players in and out hitting you at the same time. Yeah. You get more from that level of coaching than you, than you do from training groups. The only reason why you would, sure. you would move to California is for training groups because right now the best coaches are in the Midwest. You look at yeah. any club team. You look at any NCAA team. You look at um, any indoor and uh, men's NCAA, women's NCAA. You look at a good West Coast team. It's the players. You look at a good Midwest yeah. team. It's the coaches. Yeah. And he's got coaches in New Orleans. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That, um, um, I forgot his name. Go ahead. I know I say that LSU, the head coach of LSU. I, oh, I don't Russell know Brock. Yeah. 
Russell I mean, Brock is I, an ex, ex-USC guy and just went out there, just had some ideas. And his assistant coach, who's a blocking coach, they move as a group. They move in, in, in with each other gotcha, as a gotcha. unit. And they are fucking savages. They are savages. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I'm not, this is not a ding on Chris and us, but you look, like, you look at her game. Yep. You would think she should not be as good as she is. <laughs> wow. Not, it's true. Like, like, not the most physical jumper. Not the heaviest arm, but holy crap! When I watch her play, I'm like, if I can do anything like you, I I, I can go. I can go to sleep happy. Mm-hmm. Just the vision, yep. her touch is insane. You can tell watching her play, like this girl has been trained. Yes, really, really well. And so that goes to your point about the I have two things coach. to say about Kristen Nuss because we can talk about both of them all day because Taryn Claude oh, sure. Taryn Claude I want to introduce to Greg Faulkner I just think tall people should know each Ooh. other and, 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 and party together and have a good mm-hmm. time and maybe God willing produce more, more giant kids uh, but um, <laughs> kidding guys but Kristen Nuss two things I want to say if she's so undersized, if Taryn Close should get another partner when she get better, if Kristen's nuts is not this, and if Kristen's not this, here's my question, Ben Vaught. Rhetorical question to you, but a question for okay. these for these 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 um haters to answer. Yeah. Why doesn't then why how come no one serves her? Oh yeah, I wouldn't serve her at all. How come no one serves her? Is it because she can't set her partner? No, she can set her partner. She's a good option hitter and her hands are nectar. And she's got a she's got a partner that has an indoor mm-hmm. pass. You know, you know, you know that little that kind of Kelly Reeves hold. You know how Kelly Reeves yeah. uh, um has that hold on her platform where she just mm-hmm. holds her platform out there. We we call it um well, an indoor, we just call it hold. <laughs> yeah. That ball waits for the setter to get there. <laughs> you can pass low, and it waits for the setter to get there before it drops into your hand. So that's the first yeah. thing I want to say about Chris. And I'm going to give you the floor in a minute. The second thing I want to say about Chris and Nuss is we, since Misty May, with the exception of maybe Betsy Flynn, we have mm-hmm. not seen a female player that emotes queen bitch killer on the court. I'm not saying she's a bitch out on the outside of the court. She's yeah. the nicest person in the world. We don't see too many female players on the American scene that have this face that if you serve me, I'm going to F you up. You will. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take yeah. your lunch money and you're going to be sorry you ever served me. The only other person on the American scene I can say that about is Betsy Flint. Betsy Flint, I mean, she doesn't get served a lot too, but if you serve her, that girl, uh, uh, even on her worst day, she can, she'll go straight Jakari's on you, dude. You know, like yeah. um, from Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. Jakari's, just dragon lady, just burn up the whole fucking village. Um, and I honestly, I thought that's what Carrie was missing. Like, like all of the, all of the eligible partners Carrie Walsh could have, like Brooke Sweat doesn't have that. Um, Sarah, yeah. Hugh, Sarah Hughes doesn't have that. Uh, Emily Stockman doesn't have that. Um, they don't those players don't need that to enjoy the success they did but i'm talking about yeah. styles styles making good partnerships this is why we keep mentioning brendan clements like styles yeah. good you know styles so i guess the point i was trying to make there's certain players if if that complements your style that's taron cloth and that's kristen nuts because kristen yeah. nuts that 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 queen bee killer compliments mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Taryn Close, unassuming nature. She she didn't even know who um, April Ross was. She was she's a four year starter at Creighton. She didn't know uh-huh. who Sponsor and Clay's were. She's she's mm-hmm. and it's 
she wasn't trying to do some arrogant like Conor McGregor. Who who the fuck is that guy? She wasn't doing that. She just, you're an eight-year player. You're in the final eight, the elite eight from women's insert NCAA at Creighton. Her unassuming nature. It's a great combination. Yeah. I mean, also all the haters out there who say Chris and Nazarevera, they're fucking idiots. And never give them the camera because you're just they're idiots. I mean, clearly they they yeah they're just they're, they like they don't know nothing about ball. I mean, I mean I think a lot of people. I I was with uh, I don't know, you probably don't know who Tanner Smith is, but I he's do. a good buddy of Rosie, and we were talking like about Tanner. her. She kind of she kind of plays like Misty May a little bit, like really like you're saying like really similar style, and it's like we can have the next. There's she could be the next Misty May, I and mean, the mentality. Oh, yeah. everything well, I just said right now, everything I just told you. That's very, that's the poor girl's Misty May right there. Yeah. Oh Which my goodness. Wow. Uh, I'm a huge fan of her. I mean, I think she's going to be, you're just, I mean, depending on if, I think they're, I think they're planning, uh, her and Chloe are going to stay together, but when they get on the world tour together, they'll get, they'll get to the top pretty yeah. quick. They'll be right at the top pretty quick. Which would be awesome to see. I'll tell you what I like about the both of them. Their niceness and their profession yeah. and their professional yeah. courtesy um, mm -hmm. comes from a real place. There are volleyball players who are arrogant and they bring very little to the table. And these girls are so humble and they bring so much to the table. All right. There are volleyball players who are nice because they know people are watching. And if they're not nice, they don't want people to talk about them. And 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 I think it's OK to be polite. But me as a New Yorker, I'm, I'm, I got a little hater Jay in me. I could yeah. see when someone's being something I call phony. But that, yeah, there's sure. no not all phony is bad phony. There's, there's, there's good phony. Like, you don't want to be a dick if you don't like someone either, right? You're just trying to be polite. But there's some people who who go out of their way to be nice. And instead, all they just got to do is be be polite. So so mm -hmm. some there's some people that go out of their way to be above polite, and it's phony, and I don't like it, and I don't buy it. And, of course, we're not naming names because it's not yeah. that kind of day. Though tomorrow, I mean, if I'm in a bad mood, I, I'll just out some players on my podcast. Um, right? Hard to cancel someone that doesn't need your validation. But, um... Those two, these two girls, very much like you, your niceness is authentic. Your, your, your courtesy is, uh, comes from a real and honest and grounded place. I don't know if your mama whooped you out of trouble. I don't know if that's just how your dad, you wanted to emulate your daddy and uh, whatever, and this and that. I don't know if you, you're like, you know what? Jake gets a long way with that. I want to be like Jake Gibb. So I don't know where it comes from, but I can say, the reason why I even brought it up is because they have it and so do you. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, that's a good, that's a nice compliment. I appreciate that. Cool, man. Another question. We, um, and this is asked by a lot of the fans, but I wrote this down. Was there a particular tournament in jun juniors be before you, you started pursuing the whole beach thing? Was there a particular tournament or a particular match in your high school where when the match was over, you told yourself, wait, I think I could do this for a living. Is there a particular uh, um, match, maybe at Huntington High School, or maybe just, maybe just like a, tr a triple or something like that? Was there a particular match or a tournament where, at the end of the match and the end of the day, you left saying, "This is who I am, and this is what I want to do when I grow up"? Yeah, no, I think I'm going thinking back hard here. So I started playing beach tour with a guy named Mark Spitaleri. He's I don't know if you know who he is, but he's, nope. he's, a, he's we still play tournaments here. He's 65, 65 years old now absolute baller but i started Fucking playing with him. Man. <laughs> playing like playing a's and then i we won that i got my double and a week later i got my triple and i was i think 15 mm -hmm. and at the time the only people who did that were uh hawk hatcher 
and yeah. uh, T.J. DeFalco. Right. So I was thinking in my mind, I was like, okay, like this is something that I can like something I can try to pursue more because I, I really enjoyed it too. So I would say that match was like when I got my triple head, I was like, I'm the third or fourth youngest person or third youngest person to ever do that. How old? But are now you? you got a freaking John Schwangle and all these guys are freaking. I know. Winning opens where they're like twelve. Yeah, Miles and Marcus like a main oh, draw at 15 and 17 and I was like douchebags yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so that was it the triple with our yeah. our, our guy yeah. yeah yeah that was the triple a yeah and then I was I was kind of like a signifying moment like I freaking crazy about beast volleyball mm -hmm. and then I get you know I get invited because I because I coach and I do some training uh small tiny training groups not even groups Two persons, not a group, all right? I do a lot of privates, but there are a lot of players that ask me if I want to come out and jump in with them. And I'm 51, and I'm just like, nah, I'm feeling old today. But every time you bring up a guy like that, <laughs> every mm -hmm. time I see, like, John Hyden, or every time I see someone who's like, you know, uh, um, uh, Dolan, um, Coach Dolan, I forget. Um, his name is Casey. He was on my podcast a couple of episodes ago, and he was – he's okay. – he's, you're in the head of a genius when you talk to that guy. You're in and out of the head of a genius, and he's a really good coach. Um, Gene Dolan. And I see, because he's 63. And every time okay. I see guys like that, and I'm like, California is a strange place, dude. Because <laughs> yeah. in New York, really, we, we, we bought into the Chris Rock line. Like, how many 63-year-olds you see out there just doing shit? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We just happen to be alive. <laughs> but, yeah. man, California, they, they're playing volleyball. They're getting the triples, man. What's up with that? <laughs> who's, um, who's the best condition partner you play with? Condition partner? What do you mean by that? Uh, as far as cardio, best physical shape. Hmm. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I mean, when, when Brandon, when we were playing, he obviously was gnarly conditioned. And I mean, Jeff Samuel, we played a couple turns and that guy is, yeah, that guy's an athlete. I would, I, I would put Jeff Samuels probably yep. up there. I mean, everyone else. Yeah. I, I would probably say Jeff Samuels. I like Jeff because Jeff always looks like he's tired. The way yeah. he walks through the sand, he's got his head down. Um, and he's not this way, but my first take is like, this guy looks like, uh, there's no place on earth he'd rather not be. He looks like one of the more, you know, and, and his mind, that's not what he's thinking. It's just sometimes yeah. the way he moves around the sand. You ever look at the Crab Brothers? They move around the sand like crabs, yeah. little bow, yeah. all yeah. bow-legged and shit and just walking. Yeah. And then, and it's like when they need to move fast, uh, um, John Mayer, uh, John Mayer yeah. when he played. It's like this guy, you didn't, he had blindingly fast speed when he had to be. So, um, mm -hmm. well, I asked John Mayer the same question. He said, Jeremy Casebeer. He said case bear is like sick, sick conditioning. Um, okay. Actually, we our kids go to the same school too, so I see them all the time. He's got a little, oh, cool. a little, little, little baby case bear with long hair or whatever. And his wife, um, the Brazilian chick, I forgot her name. Uh -huh. Maria. Um, yes, I got her, right? Mm -hmm. um, which team do you look forward to playing when you're in a tournament? Like, Oh, boy. I mean. Like all of them? <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I, I want to crush their. I want to crush their souls. Mm, but yeah. I would say the two. I mean, I, I mean, we can argue right now. The yeah, our two best teams are going to be is going to be trying, trying Trevor and um, right. depending. I mean, I'm going to put Taylor Crab and Taylor Sander up there because I mean Taylor Crab is phenomenal. Yep. And I watching Taylor Sander play. I mean, he's he, he got he's got a lot of technical things he needs to work on. Mm -hmm. But 
you can tell all that stuff's going to get refined pretty quick. I guess transition settings, stuff like that. I'll we'll get that. So I would love to, I want to play those two guys and I want to try to steal a win off them. So people are like, Oh shit, don't fuck with this guy. You know Actually, what I mean? I kind of want to wonder. How much do you have? I'm trying to tune back into that match. We, we were in, we were watching the first set. Which team has always presented um, stylistic problems for you? Good question. Good question, right? Um, so you're talking about just by aesthetic view, just not watching the play or technical Well, there's, there are certain teams. Actually, let's see this. All right. Briz Brizzle on USA. They already won the first set. All right. So yeah. I'll stop. Um, so which team, is there a particular team to your memory where you, you, you talent-wise, you, you, you look like you have a reason to beat them, but they've always presented problems to you? Oh, that's a good question. Huh, actually, no one's, no one's ever asked me that before. I mean, I mean, I think you can probably put Rafi, Rafi Paulus up in there. Yeah. He's, that, he's, I don't know how that guy still swings, but he's that not, really yeah. sharp, just shoulder, shoulder smasher of an arm he has. Yeah, and, he's still, and actually, he still has his shoulder, so he's doing something right. <laughs> actually, I think... Him when him and Marty Lorenz played together. Mm -hmm. Also, fun fact: Marty Lorenz is coming back now. Really, dude looks. I saw him before. He looks fucking good. Like best I've ever seen him play. Wow, I'm happy like, to hear that. He's cause... training a lot. He's working out. Because he's a guy that don't like to train. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he I'm not trying to out him like that, but Greg Faulkner, you know, played with him in college. But go ahead. He's a guy like he always like he always playing about training. Like, well, you don't need to be here. Go to something. But he's training. He's lifting. Right. But when they when we when they played we played them in San Francisco a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and Marty was not in shape. Right. But that guy could still jump. Yep. Rafi's yeah. stiff, weird, like funky. That guy knows that guy can shoot line and swing sharp line, swing a super sharp angle down the line. So I would say that's I, I probably that probably answer your question there. Yep. Rafi and Marty Lorenz. Yeah. Marty, the first time I saw Marty play was actually in 2016. Him and Brad Keenan were playing Adam Roberts. No, Adam Roberts and Marty Lawrence were playing Ty Trambley and Kat Brad Keenan. Brad Keenan. And yeah. it was like, I think it was like, game two was like 31-29. Yeah. And the, oh, last, I watched the last that one I think was like 18-16. And there was, was a guy that was haggling, heckling the hell out of Ty, um, Ty Trambley. That's how I remember it. It's in Huntington. Yeah, I think I was at that game. I think I remember watching I watched that game online, but I think I was there. Yeah. And when Ty won, the guy who was heckling was like, you're still a douchebag. And left, we were just like, wow, dude, even to the end, you can't say congratulations. You're shorted. <laughs> Huntington's a strange place like that. Oh, it's a funky place. They'll boo Santa Claus, man. They're like Philadelphia Eagles fans. <laughs> if you can boo John, heckle John Mayer, man, something's wrong. You got you got something wrong upstairs. If you, you can find something wrong with John Mayer. <laughs> No, he's a uh, he's a class act of a person. Yeah, you can leave that guy alone. Pick on the giant guy. He's playing with Avatar back then, so that's probably yeah, pick, where, pick, on, pick on Ryan. He's yeah, right. that's probably where the heckling really came from, right? And John's yeah. just John's just in the line of fire. So, but I listen. I know you got to go somewhere in a few minutes, but I'm glad we were able to to, to squeeze this time in, and no, we left so much on the table. And um, you got to come back. You gotta, what's oh, the, yeah. what's Thank the you. human movement? What's that behind you? Oh yeah, so. Um, so I, my tra the trainer who owns the location, he's basically gone. So now I own this location here, uh -huh. or not one of I operate it. So 
I've been training for a while now. He's gone. I have my own. I do fitness training. I have my own clients. I see some of his clients that reach out to him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is my this is my office right here. Nice. TV there. Look at that. Yeah, so it's my office, and the gym is right back to that door right there. Good. I'm like, motherfucker, wear a tie. <laughs> God, do you know when was the last time I actually wore a suit? I mean, in New York, I'm an indoor coach. I wear suits uh-huh. all the time. I look like Pat Riley. I didn't come in. I didn't come wear, looking like a hoodie, looking like freaking Bill Belichick from like the emperor from the Empire Strikes Back. Now I look like I wore a suit. <laughs> but yeah. out here, flip flops and board shorts, my man. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Otherwise, here, otherwise I think you're not serious. <laughs> otherwise, I think you're not serious if you're not wearing flip flops and board shorts. Before we go, um, plug in a particular site or whatever people want to know more about Ben Vaught and about what you're I mean, up to. Yeah, you just follow me on social media as like at Ben Vaught okay. underscore two T's. All right. I mean, I, I'm not super active, but I'm always. I know I've had people ask me questions so on uh, like direct messages online mm-hmm. about, about this person. I remember on Bali Talk, you know Bali Talk, this yes. uh, ah. cancer of all they, I mean, they were, you know, they ripped everyone, but these guys were ripping me, and I was like, I want to go defend myself, so yeah. I went on there, I said a few things, and then people messaged me on Instagram, so if people have questions, they can feel free to just reach me out directly, I'll usually get back to you pretty quick, Yeah, there's social media if they want to, but most But of that's them, how uh, you know you made it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right, Bali Talk, Bali Talk got you, man, oh. <laughs> they yeah, did the, the same thing, thing to Travis, saw, yeah, the, first, the first thing I saw in Bali when we qualified for that first event, one person, I think it was like a 405 LAX, whatever his name is. He goes, wow, that Ben Vaught guy is kind of fat. <laughs> I was just like, you're like, you mean, you mean P-H-A-T, right? <laughs> yeah. But I was like, they're talking about, this is so sweet. Like <laughs> someone's actually taking the time to write my yeah. name on a stupid, like stupid mm-hmm. board. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah, this is sick. You're going to go so, places next year. I'll give you a piece of advice from an old dog to a young dog. Read it, yeah. read it. Have fun, smile, re- realize that someone, whether they like you or hate you, realize that someone takes the t- that cares enough. Because not, yeah. someone not caring at all is like is like the worst feeling in the world for me. I, I love when people care enough to hate me or, be, or like oh, me or no. whatever. But, but, never answer back. <laughs> Don't feed the animals. <laughs> when you're at the zoo, you do not feed the animals. I did it one time, dude. I did yeah, it one Travis, time. Go ahead. I think Travis Mawarder called me. Yes. Like an hour later, he was like, "Don't ever post a Because <laughs> they went after him hard. He was on the podcast. Oh, oh and- yeah, I remember the guy wrote a whole thing like, "Why sharks quit volleyball?" I was like, "Who the yeah. fuck are you guys?" Well, I, I hate that the way the guy that that guy phrased it like that because the substance. Hmm. If he if he wasn't such a douche about it and he asked the question, it might hurt Travis's feelings, but it, w- it would yeah. at least make Travis self-examine, which I think which was the, the, the crux of, of his question and the foundation. But everybody's everyone. This whole thing of like I'm, I'm this guy's being a douchebag and hides and rationalizes it. Oh, I'm just being honest. I'm like, you know, you can be polite and be honest mm-hmm. too, right? Those yeah. things are not are not mutually exclusive. No. Those things can be binary. And I'm not saying be like super polite, but yeah. he, that guy, the way he asked it made all the other volleyball players say, well, who are you? You, you the yeah. whole gladiators in the arena thing, right? You know, you, yeah. you know, no victory, no victory or defeat. So why, why do I even need to answer that? And, and, beca- yeah. and he would have gotten an answer from Travis because Travis would have self-examined, but he, he, yeah. he fucked up, you know? Yeah. 
They talk about me on that too. I got a lot of good things. There's only one guy in particular has nothing but negative things to say about me. And I answered back one time and that was yeah. it. I just said, um, I said, I got a wife. I love her and she loves me. You're going to have to get over me or something like that. <laughs> I said, you know, she, we love each other. So, and then there's someone out there for you. I said, I said it like that, <laughs> but I'm like, damn it. He got me. I shouldn't have fucking said yeah. shit. I shouldn't have said shit, you know? Yeah. And it's not like I think I'm famous. I just think that I have a platform that allows me to say unfiltered things that a lot of people mm -hmm. don't want to say because they don't want to upset the apple cart. So, you yeah. know, but if I, if I did it like you, or, or not, not like mm -hmm. you, but if I did it like everybody else, this wouldn't be what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like Joe Rogan. If, if he was correct because people are listening to him, it wouldn't, his podcast wouldn't be interesting. So, so that's Ben Vaught people. Ben Vaught, anything else you want to say to the public? Oh, thanks for having me on. That was fun. We should do it again. Yes, man. We left a lot on the table, man. And I really enjoyed having you and Brandon on a couple of years ago with the, the yeah. Brandon had the great accents and shit like that. Oh, um, yeah. All right. So Brandon might love you, but I can't stand you guys. In fact, we're out of here. All right. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad, desktop, droid, um, this is Ben Vaught. We got a, I'm going to give you a nickname for the podcast, but I won't tell you what it is. I'm Jason DeBellis. Stay with me. I'm going to hit my music. We're out. We love you guys. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Angel. You're going to love what you hear.